Field Ivy. I'm Rafa. I'm AJ. And I'm Drew. We're recording live from the Hyperbolic Time Chamber today. Um, just gonna do a quick uh, tribute episode for, uh, you know, the unfortunate and untimely passing of Roy Halladay. Better known as also the Doc, you know. Do you guys know where uh, he got that nickname from? Uh, I know why he has it. I've want to say it was a sports writer no it was a broadcaster that yes. gave it to him but i can't remember which one exactly do you uh, know drew no i remember i'm the casual I, uh baseball i can't fan, remember his so. name but uh <laughs> it was a blue jays announcer yeah and, uh, gave him you know nickname doc after the wild west gunslinger doc holiday right in the old times you know and i mean i think it makes sense right so you know we're just gonna bring up some some quick facts some great things about what holiday may he rest in peace you know Seems crazy that he just passed away. So. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, just I I I just want to say a very, very like just fitting nickname for a guy that could you know he definitely was a slinger. Yeah, could throw nasty heat. Yeah. <clears throat> so you know, um, Roy Halladay, he was drafted by the Blue Jays in '95, and he was a 17th overall pick. Um, couldn't be a better pick, right? Yeah, no, definitely some solid scouting, you know, um, by the Blue Jays and that staff at the time. Um, and he went on to go to go ahead and play the '98 to '09 seasons with the Blue Jays. That's a long time. Yeah, that's twelve seasons with the Blue Jays. And you know what's even more surprising is he didn't play one postseason game for them, not one, <laughs> not one. He didn't reach the postseason until 2010 with the <clears throat> Phillies. So. Yeah, yeah, nine, like you said, ninety-eight to '09 for Toronto, and then twenty ten to twenty thirteen with the Phillies. Yeah, I mean that just totals up to you know sixteen seasons in the MLB, so he's definitely a veteran. Do you know anything about Roy Halladay? Hearing anything about him, Drew? No, I've it's heard the name before, but um, I'm not sure exactly about his uh, entire credentials. Not, yeah, his credentials, his entire. Uh, just career, career. Like why yeah. why he's so known when someone says Roy Halladay, everyone just thinks, Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that that picture, you know. Yeah, I mean yeah. I gotta I gotta admit, I wasn't like I never followed his career too closely, obviously, just being in Toronto and Philadelphia, just never really paid too much attention to him. But I mean his name would always come up, you yeah. know, on Sports Center, ESPN when you're watching. Has it has it always been that the Blue Jays fans are pretty big uh baseball fans? Because I know like I went to a Cubs game recently. Um, as in recently, as in in the past season, and um, you guys were there as well. Um, and we were in Chicago, but there were so many Blue Jays fans, like all the way from Toronto. And they said, you know, they yeah, couldn't miss they, this they game. They started chanting their team, and there was a sizable amount Cubs, and it was a back and forth, like just the stadium was roaring, and it was just a regular season game, you know. So crazy. yeah, those Toronto fans definitely they they bring it, they bring it. That yeah. was awesome. Fun awesome fact, dude, that was one of the, the few games that they allowed to actually be a day game, like, on a weekend, right? Oh, right because yeah, right. it was a Friday night, or it was a Friday evening, and, like, those are usually not allowed whatsoever. In a really. sunny day. It's perfect, it's perfect, perfect baseball weather. But, yeah, I think Toronto's always had a pretty decent following, yeah. especially with their, you know, earlier clubs. Um, yeah, I just want to mention, like, uh, when we were walking through that stadium, I think I bumped in. A lot of those Blue Jays fans, and I heard like about five to six sorries. 
Yeah, they're 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 passionate, they're but they're friendly. They're friendly. Very considerate. <laughs> so, you know, like when we always heard about Roy Halladay's because he was just able to pitch deep into games and pitch effectively. You know, re- reach a pitch count of like a hundred, get through like seven, eight innings, maybe allow a run or two or three, and just always keep his game, his team in the game. Like he he was just a fierce competitor. And what was more amazing, you know, like all his teammates are coming out now and just talking about like he was an unbelievable character, right? And I I, I mean it makes sense, right? It shows by how he is. Yeah, and I mean. Um... Talking about just how effective and efficient he was, just being able to like pitch that perfect game, you know, back in May 2010, uh, you know, 20th perfect game in history um, to be recorded in the game. It was against the Marlins, and it was just one to zero with 11 strikeouts, 11 Ks, perfect game, and then that talk about efficiency. Yeah, and then even crazier, he throws a no hitter that postseason, that, that game against the Cincinnati Reds. And which was actually his first postseason start, which to me is just like ridiculous. Like you're you're put in this setting of pure pressure, and he excels like that. He just he says, "I'm just gonna go out there and throw a no hitter." And you know what? The only mistake he had was to Jay Bruce a walk. Is a walk away from a perfect game. He was a walk away from a perfect game. Insane. And I mean, just touching back on that character after that perfect game in 2010, he went ahead and bought. Just Swiss watches for his teammates and just said, you know, we, we did this together. <laughs> How awesome is that? So like, I'm gonna put out that's a class team. act right there. That's a class act right there. You know, said we're gonna we're gonna be styling and profiling. Shout out Ric Flair. Woo. Yep. <laughs> like, like I've heard, you know, of like pitchers. Um, it's tradition for them to give their their catcher a watch, you know, and right. to remind them. But I don't think I've ever heard of a whole ball club getting a watch. Yeah, that, you know, that I don't for think sure. I've heard of that before. Yeah, and he actually had it inscribed saying. We did it together. Thanks, Roy Halladay. Like, how awesome is that? Like, yeah, his I mean, teammates, you know, like, probably really thought, like, like I, I probably didn't even catch one out from him, but, like, the fact that I got a watch. It said that he purchased over 60 watches. That is insane. 60 watches. So Jeez. he didn't just give Not to the starting just... lineup. He gave to the whole clubhouse. Coaches, probably, too, and stuff. Hell, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Do so, the ball boy got one? I think hey. the ball boy got two, one for each wrist. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> on my wrist. Eighty on my wrist. Got a little pump. <laughs> so you know, um, his repertoire mostly consisted of that mean cutter, that two seam kind of sinker, that curve, and that splitter. And so, like, I was looking up, you know, like now that you know, in our times now, we got pitch tracks and stuff like that, and so. You know, they, they provided some nice information. So his, his cutter, instead of it seeping down, it kind of, it, it rose at the end, mm. causing causing it, when when the ball would come off the bat, you know, it Just, wouldn't make perfect contact. It wouldn't right. produce a lot of pop-ups. Back, and like backspin and, and pop-ups. Yeah. yeah, so like mm-hmm. he was just like frustrating these amazing power hitters, throwing them cutters, and he wouldn't throw it past them, but he would get them to pop out. And sometimes it's really frustrating when you just get a pop out on foul. Like, right. it's just a horrible way to get out, you know? It's just because you, know you, you know you got that pitch tagged and then it just drifts up like half an inch up on you and that's you lose everything right there. Crazy. Yeah, and uh, I also looked up some things about his curveball. So it seems that he didn't have like the deepest depth in it, but he still had a really good strikeout ratio with it. So, you know, it just goes to show, like, it just goes about execution of execution of a pitch. Like, you just commit and you get results. 
you know, he did. He did. Yeah, plus, I mean, with that, again, just going back to the cutter, when guys are looking at that as their first pitch, thinking they got to face that, like, even if your curveball's not that great, like, it, you're still going to get some outs with it. Yep. Guys going to be trying to get that, get on top of that cutter before it starts breaking up. They're going to be swinging way too early for that curveball. Yep. I, I just thought, I, I always liked when a pitcher had a cutter and, like, a sinker, a two-seamer, because you can, like, control two sides of the plate, you know, and that's mm-hmm. what he did. He just had that pinpoint precision he wants to hit that corner who's gonna hit that corner on you you know and that just that frustrates you as a hitter especially hit the patient ones you know you're waiting out there wait for a good pitch but Halliday just wouldn't give you one just wouldn't give you one Halliday uh put complexity in the pitching game whereas a lot of not a lot but some pitchers they focus on just throwing it real fast right whereas he introduced a lot more variables and made it more like a mind game yeah, and I mean, saying like I, I feel like pitching always has been, but he was definitely one of those like very just technical like strategic like, pitchers. Definitely. Yeah, just like AJ said, working yeah. both sides of the plate. Just you, no matter where you are, that ball is looking. It's looking like there's no way it's going to be a strike, and the next thing you know, you just hear that pop and the umpire's call. <laughs> yeah, that. So, um, the like the most memorable thing I have about Roy Halladay would be uh, the 2011 season for the Philadelphia Phillies. You know, I just uh. That four-headed monster that Philadelphia had was unreal. Like, I thought 100% sure these guys are winning the World Series. Like, there's no way. They had Cliff Lee, Cliff Lee, Cole Hamels, Roy Oswald, and, of course, Roy Halladay. Man. Yeah. Like, I, I, you may not be too um, familiar with those names, Drew, mm-hmm, but, but you know, you just, just do a quick look up on Google after this, and, man, you will be impressed with each of those resumes. Like We could probably do an episode on each one of those. Yeah, we literally oh, can. Yeah, like, easy. Each one of those are for sure going into the Hall of Fame. Honestly, 100%. we could just do an episode on that bullpen, and it'd be just fantastic. So, <laughs> you know, that, that 2011, that starting rotation, like, just, you know... It just demoralizes teams, in my opinion. Like, you're like, okay, today we got Cliff Lee. Oh, tomorrow we got Cole Hamels. Oh, Roy Oswald. Oh, and then Roy Halladay. Like, who do you want to go against? Uh, none of them? <laughs> you know? That's yeah, that's crazy. You guys have any, uh, Rafa, you have anything memorable? I know, Drew, you don't really, you didn't really know Roy Halladay until right. now, but. I mean, it, the most memorable is really just that, that no-hitter. Yeah. Just kind of not seeing it, but seeing the highlights <laughs> of it. That was insane. Because just hearing the news of that, like, who does that? Who throws a who throws an almost perfect game, you know, in their first postseason, post-season performance? Start, yeah. like, it's it's just, it's mind-blowing. It's it's the kind of thing that, like, it's why you watch sports, you know? Yeah. Just to watch the best do what they do. Yeah, you can't right. make that stuff up. It just, it just plays out, you know? Yeah. Um, I also do want to mention, like, you know, this experience is going to be me... Um, learning a lot more about baseball and getting more involved with the sport than I had before. So if any of you listeners don't know much about baseball, don't worry, you're not the only one. I just want to put that out there. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Baseball is an old game, you know? Yeah, yeah, we're here for everybody. Baseball is for everybody. Doesn't it's, matter where you are where you, or who you are, where you grew up, baseball is for everybody. So on that, on that season where he threw... So he was actually the first pitcher to throw a no-hitter and a perfect game in the same season. And, I mean, a perfect game in itself is already ridiculous, right? And then, like Rafa mm-hmm. said, a postseason no-hitter, but to do both in one season, 
man, the only the only thing I could be more excited about was when Jakey threw like those two no hitters in like what was it nine start or something like that? Like, yeah. Oh man, awesome. But yeah, just dominance, dude. Just Roy Holiday. And I mean, you want to talk about dominance? His win to loss record, two hundred three to one hundred five. 203 wins to 105 losses. That means two out of... That's a two-to-one. That's damn near two-to-one ratio. Yeah, pretty much two out of three times he went out there, you knew you were getting that W. That That was crazy. ERA, 3.38. That's a fantastic line. And we're talking about... You're not talking about like six seasons or something like that. Talking about 16. Yeah. So, you know, he put in that work. And I mean, it shows, you know, eight-time All-Star, two-time Cy Young Award winner. Yep. And then how many great pitches were there, you know? So, you know, like... For those uh, people who don't know what ERA is... Oh, it's... Earned run average per nine innings pitched. So, for every nine innings that he pitches, he averages to give up 3.38 runs. Okay. Right? That's decent. That is really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is... That's exactly what you need. Like, if you're get, if you, that's keeping your team in the game. You know, like if you're only able to give up three runs, like that's your team can definitely come back from a three-zero game. You know, like, mm-hmm. like I said, like he's always keeping his team in the game throughout his whole career. Decent, yeah, always, man. And, and like I know this whole time we've been calling him Roy and Doc, but I mean, actually, his real name, which I had no idea before this episode, is actually Harry. Yep. And Harry Leroy Halliday. Halliday. Yeah. And Leroy. <laughs> Harry Leroy. Harry Leroy. Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> Shout out World of Warcraft. <laughs> so yeah, that was um, you know, our, a quick tribute to Roy Halliday. May may he rest in peace and condolences to his family. And I mean, I know a bunch of people in Philly are, are definitely feeling this loss. And Toronto, sure. yeah. And Toronto. And Toronto. But yeah, I mean, um, thanks for tuning in this special episode. Uh, please feel free to share it to everyone. Uh, really like to hear your inputs, anything you guys want to hear, a specific player, team, or anything. And just uh, just keep his family in, in prayers. The way the way he uh, left this earth is it was kind of harsh to uh, to comprehend. You know, like it's, it's an unfortunate situation. Yeah, pretty tragic. Yep. So if you guys have any suggestions for uh, future episodes. Um, just email us at outfieldivypodcast at gmail.com. That's yep. outfieldivypodcast at gmail.com. Yep, and we're going to be having another history episode coming up. And, I mean, just stay tuned. Probably bring in some uh, talk, some trade rumors. Heard a couple of things about the Cubs and the Giants that might go down. Um, you know, just kind of go through the the choices for the the Gold Glove Awards and the the MVPs at the end of the season. I, I really want to hear your guys' opinions on that. What do you guys all think? A lot you know. to talk about. I think uh, players will be traded. <laughs> and it's inevitable, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's inevitable. Yeah. So, thanks for tuning in. I'm AJ. I'm Drew. And I'm Rafa. Good night. <laughs>